Welcome to episode nine of the 412 Double Play Podcast. Today is June 26th. I am, as always, your host, Michael Castrogano. Joining me today is my co-host, Ed Wassel. Ed, thanks for joining. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Doing good. Good, good. It's definitely a good week for the Pirates against the Cubs, at least. A series, obviously, not so good to to end the, the week. It was definitely a, a rough series. I, I think that... The Rays are underrated, considering the division. You know the, the how stacked it is at the top with the Yankees. Recently, no hit, a combined no hitter by the Astros. I know how much you love the combined no hitters, but um, oh, it's still favorite. really difficult. Blue Jays. Yep. <laughs> um, so Yankees really good. Blue Jays really good. But the Rays, I mean, they're they're competitive. Being only a couple games over five hundred coming into the series, I think is. Uh, Maybe the team underestimated them, but um, unfortunately got swept. But we'll get into that in a little bit. Let's look at the roster roundup for this past week. June 20th, big news to lead off the week is outfielder Bly Madras and top prospect shortstop O'Neill Cruz called up from Indianapolis, while shortstop Leover Piguero was sent back to Altoona. Starting pitcher Zach Thompson placed on the 15-day injured list with reported right forearm nerve inflammation. It was advised early on that that was just going to be, they believe it would just be the minimum 15 days. That would have him coming back July 3rd, I believe, next Sunday week today. So hopefully that's the case, because that definitely (laughs) put us down this week losing Thompson. Uh, The 21st, we traded cash to the Cubs for left-handed pitcher Eric Stout. Chicago DFA'd him on the 16th. We optioned him to Indy. And then on the 22nd, we DFA'd a relief pitcher, Heath Hembry, finally called up Gerard Eikhoff, um, uh, which that was a mistake because he had a really (laughs) bad start. So Jake Marisnik, he had been out since May 9th, was moved to the 60-day IL, just pretty much um, make room on the, I don't know, the roster transaction report has been a mess lately. With guys uh, like Marcano and Underwood were on the COVID IL, so that takes them off the 40-man, but it's just kind of a weird setup um, on that. So Heath Henry subsequently released. The 24th, they DFA'd Eikhoff, selected the contract of right-handed pitcher Austin Bryce from Indy. Eikhoff eventually cleared waivers. He's back in Indianapolis. And we finally put Max Kranich on the 60-day injury list. He had Tommy John surgery, I believe, either earlier this month or the end of May. So that was something that we were kind of waiting on. I think it was a service time kind of situation. Once he goes on the 60-day, he's on the major league roster, so starts gaining service time. Uh, additionally, Kevin Newman, Yoshi Sutsugo, Josh Van Meter, Ben Gamble started rehab assignments in Indy. And Tukapito Marcano was sent to Bradenton for his rehab assignment today. He should be sent to Altoona this week. I believe I read uh, Rob... Uh, however you say his last name with the athletic mentioned that Dwayne Underwood Jr. also will be starting a rehab assignment this week um, possibly with Indianapolis so a lot of moves this past week some of them good Madrish and and Cruz definitely showing up but uh, geez Thompson going down that that really sucked (laughs) that was a a rough game with Eikhoff pitching yeah and having a uh, nerve inflammation in your 
Is that a, that's his throwing arm, yeah? Yeah, right forearm. Yeah, that's kind of scary because you never know how that's going to turn out. Yeah, apparently wasn't any kind of an issue on this, but at least they don't anticipate it being one. Hopefully that continues to be the case uh, and that he is just on the minimum list for this. Uh, but, <clears throat> I mean, the positive thing is Hembry's gone. Eikhoff is gone. Hopefully he doesn't get another chance there. Austin Bryce, he pitched an inning, I think, today or yesterday and, and was looked pretty good. So we'll see how that plays out. He's kind of a veteran. I think he's around 30, something like that. And then we'll see what we get for with Stout, if anything, in the near future. So I would have liked to see Paguero sent to Indianapolis. I feel like he's been crushing it in Altoona. There's not really much for him to do at this point. Yeah, but, he can get some uh, some better experience up in AAA. Yeah. But uh, let's jump into the weekly recap. So the Pirates hosted the Cubs for four-game series. Started off with a bang. Cruz and Madrid both contributed for a 12-1 win in Game 1, 7-1 win in Game 2. With Thompson on the I.L., the Bucks inexplicably called up Jared Eikhoff for the start, where he gave up 10 runs over 4.1 innings en route to a 14-5 loss before the club bounced back to nab a series-clinching extra inning win, 8-7. Starter Jose Quintana went 6, probably could have gone 7, allowing just 2 runs, but Will Crow in his second inning of work Give up a run, left of the bases loaded. Yuri De Los Santos couldn't get ground balls to find gloves. Cubs led 7-6, going to bottom of the ninth, but Michael Chavis hit a home run. Or, excuse me, bottom of the eighth. Michael Chavis hit a home run before hitting an RBI single in the bottom of the tenth to walk it off. He also made a strong throw to nail the go-ahead runner at the plate, the top of the tenth. That game, of course, ended with Hayes scoring the winning run. Slid headfirst into Wilson Contreras, was out the first two games of the Rays series. So when we traveled to the Trop this weekend, series with the Rays, Lost first two games on walk-offs, game one with a 4-3 score in 10 innings against De Los Santos, and then 6-5 against Bednar in game two. Uh, had the lead going into the bottom of the ninth, and I think maybe only his second blown save, third blown save this season. And then we lost the game today, 4-2. Very difficult southpaw in Shane McClanahan. He currently leads baseball in both ERA and strikeout. We had some opportunities in each game, but it's, like I said, a tough race team. The Division kind of hurts their overall record, but they'd be top of their division any other part, NL Central, easily. Yeah, and Uh, we kind of talked about that last week when we were talking about these matchups coming up. How it's like the Rays are the Rays. They're consistently competitive. Yep. They're not going to be easy games. Any takeaways from either of these series? Uh, I mean, the Cubs the Cub series was nice because it finally showed that Pittsburgh could put up some runs. Yeah, uh, you – I th- what was it, last week or two weeks ago you were saying, oh, this team's never going to win an 8-7 game? And I, I think I texted you after that game and was like, they did it! They did this, it. They, they showed the they one. can do it. <laughs> and then they go into extra innings. Don't do it. Can't score eight runs every night. I mean, oh. Right. But I was even reading a thing with uh, that Shelton put out, and he was like, "Ah, this team isn't built to win games like this right now." Like, I know, I said that last week. <laughs> yeah, not with him managing, but the the roster construction, lineup construction, at least, is getting a little bit more understandable. But 
with the Rays also, they had two left-handed pitchers. We've been doing just nothing against Southpaws this season. So we're only facing one this upcoming week, which we'll get to in a little bit, obviously. I think that will, because of how left-handed heavy we are, and I think against the, uh, Friday night, the first left-hander we faced with uh, Springs, we had six left-handers in the lineup, including, for some reason, Perez. Michael Perez was in instead of Heineman. So, uh, that yeah, we weren't able to. Odd move to keep him in there. Yeah. I, I'm guessing Shelton was playing some sort of numbers game or matchups or whatever, but Perez did. He got on base. I think he got a single or maybe a double, but um, wasn't didn't really make sense on paper for that. But we're going to be looking ahead. And first, we're going to be looking down on the farm. Indianapolis facing the Memphis Redbirds. They split their series with the baby cards with a win today. Jiwon Bay powered the offense with 11 hits, including two doubles and a home run, along with three stolen bases. Catcher Jamie Ritchie also had a strong week, posting a 1.026 OPS. Pitching was strong for Indianapolis this week as they had eight different hurlers post perfect ERAs for the week. Additionally, Mike Burrows had a solid start yesterday, going 4.1 innings with five hits, one run, and four strikeouts, while Bryce Wilson pitched 12.1 innings, allowing four runs, two walks, but striking out 13 and notching two of the wins for the week. The Indians now sit at an even 35 and 35 on the year. Altoona facing the New Hampshire Fisher Cats. The curve split a six-game series. Henry Davis and Matt Gorski each hit home runs for the curve, with Gorski showing off his arm yesterday, providing two outfield assists, while my dude Andres Alvarez continues to get on base, walking 10 times to only three strikeouts and posting a 1.158 OPS for the week. Luis Ortiz, Carmen Majinski, and Jeffrey Positino each went five innings, allowing two runs in their starts this past week, while relief pitcher Tyler Samaniego continues to impress, pitching 4.1 hitless innings, allowing just one walk, striking out three. Altoona is 33-36 and 36 on the season. Greensboro at home against Asheville Taurus. Grasshoppers lost 4-6 to the Taurus. Dario Lopez provided some thump in the lineup this past week, hitting 308 and slugging four home runs with 10 RBI. Justin Mize pitched six shutout innings, three hits, two walks, and eight shutouts. And Nick Garcia had another strong start with six innings, six hits, one walk, one run, and two strikeouts. Greensboro currently has a record of 28 and 40. And finally, Bradenton at the Dunedin Blue Jays. Marauders won four of six behind offensive production of Jace Bowen and Rodolfo Nolasco, who each notched a an 891 OPS on the week. On the pitching side, Valentin Linares went five innings, allowed an unearned run off four hits and four strikeouts. Joelvis Del Rosario went six innings, allowing two runs on five hits, three walks, and striking out three. The team is now 31 and 37 on the season. Ed, anybody stick out for you in the minor league system this past week? Uh, I got to go with your boy Alvarez. He's just doing so great. He's doing it all right now. And he finally had a caught stealing. He's up to 11 stolen bases, but was caught stealing in the game today. But has otherwise been... And he's having good defense. He's getting on base. He's hitting the ball. He's not striking out a lot. Putting the ball in play, making things happen. He's just a very complete player. He's And like I said, he's, he's pushing that OPS. He's slugging. He's getting those home runs. 
I was checking yeah. uh, earlier this week. I don't have the stats pulled up right now, but he is top 10 in the Eastern League in slugging, on-base percentage, walks, which I think he's tied with Triolo at this point for the, the team lead. But um, batting average, he's, he's close. He's not really on the top there. But, like, he, he's top 10 in so many offensive categories, and he's still not being talked about on any of these lists except mine. <laughs> so I'm, I'm hoping that at some point he gets a little bit more recognition. Like I said, uh, Justice De Los Santos interviewed him a couple weeks ago. A little bit of a claim, but, you know, really, Alvi, you got you to gotta come on the podcast. Let's just talk yeah, to our four listeners. You're just going to be the, uh, the trendsetter here. <laughs> yep. I'm going to be that guy putting him on the map. So, uh, for this week, how to handle the upcoming roster crunch. Currently, there are a number of players on rehab assignments potentially arriving back with the Bucks soon. Obviously, we have our own personal feelings about certain players. I want to try to objectively examine and predict what happens for each of the guys currently on their way back to the Berg. So, I'll start with Nick Mears. He has been out the past two, maybe three seasons. Haven't seen him pitch for the Pirates since, I'm guessing, 2020. It's certainly been a while. He's currently in Indianapolis. I'm assuming he stays in Indianapolis for the season, possibly used as a depth option. He's going to be on an innings limit. I believe he's coming back from Tommy John surgery. May have been his second one. He's had a lot of struggles getting up to the bigs, staying healthy. I don't know if you think or remember anything about him from when he actually did pitch years and years ago. Yeah, it's been so long, I really don't remember. All I remember is he had a majestic mustache. I feel like him and Reynolds in the bullpen or in the uh, dugout with the mustaches would be wonderful. <laughs> so I'm thinking he stays in Indianapolis for the season, maybe never even gets added on to the 40 man. Uh, next up, Ben Gamble. Now it depends on the order in which guys come up, but Gamble, he's, he's got to, when he's healthy, when he's ready, come back to the major league roster, even if just to get reps and, put himself in position to get traded. He's only on yeah, the just to, to prove that he's still season. healthy. Yeah. So I, I don't think that it's going to be a, a season. He's probably not going to stay with the bucks through the whole season. Hopefully he can stay healthy enough to be a trade piece. He's decent in the outfield. Uh, I think outs above average, he's negative, but defensive runs, runs saved. He rates positively. He can play either left or right field. So certainly an option there. And I'm thinking when he comes up, uh, either probably Cal Mitchell gets optioned. He hasn't really been looking as comfortable as of late. He's not getting reps. He can go back to Indianapolis and get back starting. Hopefully come back up again either later on in the season or early next year. Yeah, I agree. Newman. (laughs) I know that with Newman, you probably don't want to see him back on the team, but you know, he was a gold glove runner up last season. He doesn't strike out a ton. Is able to put the ball in play, usually right into the ground. But I'm looking at Diego Castillo, who he's hitting less and less frequently lately. He's getting a lot of pop. I think he's got five home runs just this month. Uh, maybe three of them just in the past week. But he's just having a lot of over days. So I'm thinking he gets option down to Indianapolis. Goes against a little bit lesser competition, tries to get a swing right, get more consistent hits, and not trying to drive the ball out of the park quite so often. Newman, 
possibly becomes a bench bat, maybe late replacement or something like that. Doesn't need to get regular reps. Nobody wants to see him every day. Yeah, I mean, maybe just use him as like a pinch runner or something. Yeah, hey, he's still got good speed. And then Yoshi Tsutsugo, I have mixed feelings about this one because I don't think he plays very good first base. He wasn't hitting a lot with us. He has been hitting with Indianapolis since he rejoined the team, or uh, since in the past couple days. He's currently got an OPS over 1,000, you know, small sample size, but looking at least a little bit better on that. Uh, I'm thinking when he comes back, depending on, you know, with Van Meter, either Chang gets DFA'd or uh, Hoy Park gets optioned. I'd really just rather Yoshi get DFA'd at this point. I know, but they're going to keep him. They've got the contract. He's he's rehabbing. Yeah, he's currently uh, 1.083 OPS in Indianapolis over the past four games. So... He's got some pop in his bat. He's not great for his baseman. Definitely concerning with, uh, you know, O'Neill Cruz now throwing high 90s over there. If he's going to be able to receive them as well as Chavis. But, and it's another left-handed bat in the lineup. <laughs> I don't know how <laughs> this all plays out if they're going to get any right-handed hitters. I mean, I know my dude's down in, Indi- in uh, Altoona and probably should be looking to move up right-handed hitter, but uh, Van Meter, similarly, either Park being optioned or Chang getting DFA'd. Uh, Chang's out of options, so they wouldn't be able to send him down. They'd have to cut him. Not that they necessarily want to keep him, and certainly not that he's been doing anything impressive. But So that's what I'm thinking for the hitters. Oh, and then uh, Marcano, he's currently in Bradenton because they sent him all the way down to Bradenton and is kind of working his way up. Like I said, should be in Altoona this week. I'm thinking maybe he stays in the minors for depth reasons. Um, he, he was obviously doing really well in his short stint back with the Pirates. Uh, only was up for a game back in April when Reynolds and Tucker went on the COVID IL, but was sent right back down once Reynolds came back. And... Uh, it, He's been solid. I think he can be a really good piece for this team long-term. But I just don't know. Based off of how I think they're going to handle it, I could see him getting optioned to Indianapolis, get more regular playing time there. Yeah, I think getting the uh, the regular reps would, would help him a lot better than being a bench player. But he really should be the starting second baseman, so <laughs> I'm conflicted on that. But I'm thinking, like, when Van Meter comes back, he might end up getting second base. Newman could get starts there. Uh, it's tough. It's definitely going to be a, a real crunch with all of that. And then we've got a couple pitchers coming back. So, uh, Dwayne Underwood Jr., as I said, he's supposed to be starting rehab with Indy this week. I'm thinking maybe Austin Bryce gets optioned back to Indy with him. Uh, Dylan Peters, he's been on the injured list since the start of the month, maybe June 7th, something like that. I'll have to double check on that. June 3rd, he's been on the injured list for. Haven't heard any updates on that, but um, he should be starting a rehab stint soon. I was thinking perhaps Chase DeYoung gets optioned back to Indy so he could stretch out more as a starting pitcher. He's done multiple inning 
appearances, and he's been pretty good. I think he's got an ERA under two. Honestly. Yeah, he hasn't been bad. Uh, which I'm surprised because he's not – you remember him as a starter last season. It was just terrible. I'm surprised that he even stayed on the team. But we're going to have injuries. Guys like Quintana potentially could get traded. There will be needs for other starting pitching options. And certainly we have that yeah. with Will Crow, with Dylan Peters, also potentially getting spot starts. We don't want to have another Eikhoff situation. And then speaking of the guy that Icop replaced, Zach Thompson, like I said, haven't heard any updates on that. They said he's only going to miss the minimum. Pending any other changes, I would think either Cam View, whose last name I pronounced incorrectly multiple times last week, or uh, Yuri De Los Santos option back to Indy. Not something that I like, but with View, they're going to have Banda and um, Peters as left-handers in the pen. Banda didn't look so great. Was it today? Today he gave up a couple runs. Um, but his his sinker has been working better. He has been more effective lately. And I don't think – I'm not sure. Is he the one who doesn't have an option? Because we've got him, Fletcher, now Stout. We certainly have some left-handed pitching options. But I think View is optionable. Okay. And De Los Santos, I think he's been good, but he's been – having some struggles lately so also possible he goes down to indy kind of build back some confidence but that's just my guesses any thoughts yeah. either way i mean that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to to let him go back down to indy like you said build his confidence <clears throat> he's know, not quite as good a talent you said chase no who's uh, who's not no, I was saying uh, De Los Santos. Oh, yeah. Well, I think he is really – he's got a really good two-seam fastball. It's got a lot of movement to it. It doesn't – he's not doing the sinker like Banda and Keller and Thompson, but it, it's got that uh, horizontal movement that was working, but I guess they've kind of caught on to it. So I think he could still be successful as a late-inning reliever, but – just kind of needs to work through this these rough stretches but yeah definitely going to be clogged up soon with the roster moves uh but let's move on to the Stargell stars we definitely had some success this past week looking at our first Stargell star for the offensive player rookie Bly Madris was the lesser known of the two call-ups last Monday but he's had a very strong week notched two three hit games while crushing crushing a home run Four doubles, driving in six runs while playing elite defense in the outfield. We've talked before about him as a potential first base option, but he's definitely playing well enough to stick in the outfield. Any thoughts on Bly? No, I mean, he's he's done great since being called up. I mean, he's done great all year, but uh, immediate impact. Like you said, playing great great defense in the outfield, but it just it's, as we said so many times, it's so crowded out there. And with more guys potentially coming back uh, off the IL, I mean, you hate yeah. to see him not play. Yeah, I'm not really sure what they're going to do with that because Sawinski should be playing every day. Reynolds is going to play every day. Uh, you've got the DH spot, but that's going to be bogey pretty much all the time. 
you well, know, what handed pitcher, so. What just popped into my head here, uh, talking about Gamble coming back, maybe he can platoon with with uh, Chavis at first until his potential trade. Potentially. Gamble has had some first-base experience. He's not like a prototypical power of a first baseman, but I think Madris and Sawinski are better defensively. They were working with Gamble at first base prior to his injury, so it's possible that's the route they go. Left-handed hitter? Maybe? Yeah, maybe. Not a bad thought. Looking at the starting pitcher, JT Brubaker. Over two starts, he went 12 innings, allowed 14 hits, three runs, three walks, struck out 11. No home runs allowed, which is a big step for him. Home run ball has really killed him this season and in previous seasons. Put the team in position to win both times out. Really making some great strides forward. Lots of good starting pitching this week, with the exception, of course, of Eikhoff. So, Brubaker, him... Zach Thompson, Mitch Keller, like we're getting a lot of progress from these starting pitchers that we didn't really expect. Quintana obviously has been you know, pretty stable all season. And then Rowanza Contreras, even when he's off, which I don't think he's had like a start that he looked on yet this season, only went five innings today with was it five walks, three strikeouts. So. Walked in a, the only run, he walked the bases loaded and then walked another guy. So, a uh, little, little frustration, but the fact that he's able to fool so many guys with his pitches, and he's got a lot of different, like, fastball, slider, changeup, and curve that he's able to fool guys with. But Brubaker being the standout this past week with two solid starts. Still allowing yeah. a lot of hits. Not great, but um, keeping runs off the board for the most part. Yeah, it's nice to see him finally get a couple games without giving up a long ball. So that's been the thorn in his side this, well, the past two years, really. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was a, a solid week for him. And then looking to the Stargell star for the bullpen, until this blow up today, I was actually prepared to give this to Anthony Banda, but it looks like we're going with Chris Stratton again. He's been on a rough stretch the past few weeks, but pitched three games this past week. 3.2 innings, allowed just one hit, no walks, struck out two. Solid week for Stratton when the rest of the bullpen has had some clear problems. All I'm going to say about that, I'm sure you have some comments. I mean, I can't argue with you. I mean, Stratton, (laughs) it's not that he looked great in those appearances, but he got the job done. Yeah, and really that's what you need from the bullpen. He got one of the wins uh, in the series last week, too, against the Cubs. Not much more you can ask. And then looking ahead, we've got three games at the Nationals and four at home versus the Brewers. Pitching matchups for the Nationals starting tomorrow, TBD. That would be Zach Thompson's spot versus Eric Fetty. And then on Tuesday, Jose Quintana versus Patrick Corbin, the southpaw, the only lefty we're facing this week. And then Mitch Keller versus Paolo Espino. What are your thoughts on that series coming up? Nationals kind of trending in the opposite direction of guys like teams like the Rays. Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd like to think that Pittsburgh should take two or three from them. Yeah, Fetty and Espino, they're not really that good. I mean, you know, Strasburg is out injured, you know, always. Um, I don't know who their other starting pitcher options are, but Corbin, 
could potentially be difficult just because left-handed pitcher. But we should be able to take two of three. Yeah. It's, Nationals. It, it's really going to fall on the starting pitching in that series. Yeah, I think it depends think, on who we put out tomorrow. Yeah. If, if we can keep their their run totals low, I think there's a shot. Hopefully, Bell doesn't come back to bite us. Yeah, he's been hitting pretty well this season. And Soto, I mean, it's just Bell and Soto. That's all you have to watch out for on that team. I don't know who else they really have at this time. Yeah, I don't know. Is it Robles or Robles? Yeah, he's not that good. He, he has his days. Let me look at their stats. But, um, oh, they have Nelson Cruz. He's not having a standout season. Yeah, Soto, 14 home runs. Bell has 11 and is hitting 308. I'm surprised Soto's got a 218 batting average right now. The on base percentage is still close to 400, but not really all that impressive overall. Yeah, yeah that's not very Soto ish. No. I guess he's just getting pitched around. He's got 61 walks already on the season. That's uh, Andres Alvarez-like play right there. But so Bell and Soto, I think, are the guys you just you don't want to let them be the ones to beat you. Yeah. And then at home this weekend series, four games set against the Brewers. We've got uh, Jason Alexander against JT Brubaker in game one. Adrian Hauser against Rowanzi Contreras in Game 2. Corbin Burns versus TBD, Game 3. And then Brandon Woodruff versus Jose Quintana to finish up the series. Alexander and Hauser, I don't think they're they're certainly not the names on that list, but Burns and Woodruff both standard in the roster. Very difficult opponents. Uh, what are your I thoughts really on hope, that series? I really hope Brubaker can beat George Costanza. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> we're, in, we're in some trouble. <laughs> but, Hopefully. I mean, but he taught Derek Jeter how to hit a home run, so. That's true. Uh, I don't know. Pittsburgh always struggles with the Brewers, and it's so frustrating. Yeah. I, against our division overall, until the Cubs series this past week where we took three or four, I think we've really struggled in our division. So um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say with our recent youth movement, I'm gonna be uh, optimistic and go three out of four on this one. Okay, they have had a couple guys go on the injured list lately. Like Hunter Renfro, I think went yesterday or two days ago. So I think they're having a lot of uh, problems with that. Check their injury updates. Yeah, Renfro back on the IL. Woodruff is currently on the injured list, supposed to be coming off for Sunday. But um, we'll see if that happens. They've had a lot of issues staying healthy as a team. Um, I'm hoping for three of four. I think Corbin Burns is going to be the toughest one there, especially as a no-announced starter for it on our side. If that ends up having to be a bullpen game or calling up someone from... Indy, like I said before, Bryce Wilson's been looking really good. Last week he had, uh, he went seven innings and struck out 10 or six innings and struck out 10. 
Um, like he's he's good in Indianapolis. He's good against AAA opponents. He's just got to transition that to major league hitters. Yeah, I mean, Antelope gets in his own head when he comes up, or if it's like an adrenaline thing. But if he can translate that over to the, to the major league level, that'd be a nice option to have. One day, maybe. But the team's definitely going to need some depth starting pitching, obviously with the trade deadline coming up, and we'll discuss that in the coming weeks. But that wraps it up for us here at the 412 Double Play Podcast. I am Michael Castriano. You can follow me on Twitter at 412 Double Play. Follow Ed at Ed underscore Wassel. Continue listening to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. From all of us here at the 412 Double Play Podcast, thank you for joining us, and let's go Bucks. Let's go Bucks.